Heavenly Father, by your Spirit, open the Word of God to us. Open our hearts to it. Capture and apprehend the girls, young ladies, and women of this church. Bless me now to rightly divide thy word as well as I can. And for all of us to learn the lessons from the life of a daughter of David that was so much like her in her character that is revealed. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Mary trait number 25. She was balanced. Mary did not overdo, even being the mother of our Lord, but had six more children at least. So the, my point here, this trait, is that she was balanced. She did not go to an extreme or get overly committed to Jesus that she couldn't function in the rest of her life. And no woman has ever had a temptation like Mary did to be out of balance by having Emmanuel growing up in her home. We have already read this verse, but Mary gave birth to James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas after she did Jesus, and she had at least two daughters as well. Some women, when they're honored with a role, will overdo it and neglect other duties because they focus too much on the role they were given. when they need a balance in their lives because God's given them more things to do. And I want you to think about it this way. Could Jesus have been an only child? Mm -hmm. Do you have any part of you that says Jesus should have been an only child? But he wasn't because Joseph and Mary had six more children at least and God blessed them with those six more children and it's the balance that Mary had and it's the balance what God is trying to show us through Mary that she had by not just focusing on the one thing. She could have been this overbearing, doting, overly protective woman. I have some more traits coming. She was not. She did not think that her rules were what was going to keep Jesus safe, but that God would do it. She was balanced. You cannot make up for negligence in one part of your life by specializing in another. And, And I'm sorry, women, but I know you have a lot of roles. If you're a wife and you're a mother and you're a church member and you're a neighbor and you're a daughter, and you're a sister in the church, a sister out of the church, it's a lot of roles. But you need to to work at all of them and not find one that you're more comfortable with or one that gets you more accolades of others and so that you put most of your effort into that. You want balance of your whole life. Mary's balance is a combination of her faithfulness to do whatever was before her, whatever that role was, with Jesus or not with Jesus, her humility to have other duties as well and not to just focus on the fact that she had been chosen to be the mother of our Lord and her prudence Mm -hmm. to fulfill everything that God had charged her with. Okay, that's Mary. She has curly hair and it's long. It's just an idea. Girls, it's just an idea. But we've, we've been jumping past her picture so fast, I thought I'd give you a second. It's one of our Marys. And this is for girls to look at and say, she's pretty nice, I want to be like her. But what's on these pages are what I want you to be like. And this, this is what really counts. Okay, she was dutiful. That means she fulfilled her duties. Now this is going to be a small point. This is a small trait, but it's one I want to bring out. 
Mary went 75 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem to pay taxes. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me to a foreign ruler? Though she was nine months pregnant? Seriously. Did she have to do that? She needed to do that. And so she fulfilled her duty. And she went 75 miles because in the days of Caesar Augusta, there went under a decree that the whole world should be taxed. All the world should be taxed. Luke 2.1. She was dutiful. And the Bible tells us that Joseph also went up from Galilee, that is Nazareth, into Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. So he was supposed to be there, and he was supposed to have his wife with him, and so the two of them went. It was probably a census as well as taxation, and they both went. She gave no resistance. We don't read a thing in the Bible about her putting up a fuss because she was going to have to go to Bethlehem, 75 miles away, to pay taxes to a foreign government. She could have thrown a hissy fit and not wanted to go, but she didn't. She gave no resistance that the Bible tells us about, and we trust the Bible, and to an inconsiderate ruler that would make a pregnant woman do that. Great girls, learn how to honor and learn how to obey rulers of every kind, even if their rules are onerous. Onerous means hard. Onerous means doesn't make me happy. Onerous means difficult. You know, it can also be a hard father. It can be a froward master on a job, or it can be a selfish husband for the last 60 years of your life. You need to learn. You need to learn that if there's a duty, I'm going to do it. Whether it comes from the government or it comes from my father or it comes from a husband. A husband is not going to always ask you to do something that you want to do. Oh, this is another Mary. Okay, we've covered this. We've covered number 26. She was dutiful. She went with Joseph to pay taxes to a foreign government 75 miles away, though she was pregnant. Married trait number 27. She was strong. She went with Joseph those 75 miles to Bethlehem, no problem, though she was at full term. And women who are in shape and women who exercise in their lives know that a woman pregnant can walk those kind of miles. In fact, and I've mentioned this before, our church knows that walking helps labor. And so we have women that have worn out paths at Haywood Mall when they were in labor and worn out paths around their block and the house they lived in when they were in labor. And a woman can do it. This is an aside, but uh, I don't really, I'm not worried about it because I don't have a liturgy and I don't have a pulpit manner except Elijah, John the Baptist, Jesus, and Paul. And they didn't have pulpit manner. Some of you were able to witness a year or two ago a woman in her eighth or ninth month pregnant run a highly competitive 800 meters. Nobody wants to raise their hands, and so I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. It was impressive. Because if a woman's in shape, she can do a lot when she's pregnant all the way to birth. So Mary did it. Mary was strong. She wasn't weak. She wasn't intimidated. She wasn't fearful. She went on a 75-mile trip to Bethlehem where she could have gone into spontaneous labor at any point, but she had her midwife, the midwife she would use in the stable. He was a carpenter, and he had his tools. 
she was strong. And Joseph also went up from Galilee. We've already read it, so we'll just highlight these points. She was great with child. An out-of-shape woman will have a harder time delivering a baby. Mary was in shape to walk 75 miles due to a walking society and requiring much manual labor. What is described here is hard for some modern women to grasp, but it is not for a woman in shape with a spirit. The spirit of a woman that will say, I can do it. I will do it. Let's go. Joseph, can you keep up? Is going to be the issue. So there she is. Now I hate this picture. Because there is no basis whatsoever for thinking that she rode to Bethlehem. If she could ride to Bethlehem, that means Joseph was a man of means. Joseph couldn't afford a lamb for the purification of the mother of the Lord Jesus Christ. He had to settle for two turtle doves. He didn't have means. This is after four, this is after four miles in 15 minutes, according to the text. As you can see, the text is hard to read. They stop for a tree for just a few minutes. She looks kind of pitiful, but that's not, my, that's not the Mary of the Bible, unless it was for five or ten minutes, and then she did another four miles in 15 minutes. You say, how fast is that? Get in a treadmill and put it at 4.25. Mary was a virtuous woman, or God would not have chosen her. We agree on that? God inspired Proverbs 31. God picked Mary. Mary had to have met the description of Proverbs 31. She was strong. Like the wife of Proverbs 31, she did not need to be babied even though she was only 15. She grew up in a culture, in a society where they were strong. And so, girls, I want you to embrace strength from Mary's example. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. What holds a baby in? Do you need help? I'm just stretching the verse a little. She girdeth her loins with strength. Her core was strong. She strengthened her core. She chose to be strong in the spirit of Proverbs chapter 31. She strengthened her arms to do all the tasks that, were, that she was responsible for in that household. Strength and honor are her clothing. That's a salute of the Praetorian Guard of the Roman Empire. Strength and honor. Woman. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come because she has the strength, and she girds up her loins with strength. She strengthens her arms, and she does what she needs to. Girls, we want you to be strong. We want you to do great things. We want you to have a great work ethic. Be fearless. Get out there and take on some tasks and finish them for the benefit of everyone. Oh, it's a different Mary. It's another look at Mary. Mary number 28. These things we can pick up from the little bit of information that God gave us about Mary. She was tough. Her first labor and birth, by tough here, I mean she didn't need anything comfortable. She could make do with whatever God gave her. She didn't have to be pampered. She was tough that way. It's different from strength. Her first labor and birth were in a barn. 
with Joseph as midwife. You say, how do we know she didn't have a midwife? She may have had a midwife. I say she didn't have a midwife based on this reasoning. A midwife would have taken her to her home and taken a little bit better care of her than leaving her in a stable. Because midwives always want to be nice to the women that they're helping give birth. And since she was willing to go 75 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem, she had Joseph as her midwife and she wasn't really worried about it. You men and this man does not want to be alone with his wife when she could go into spontaneous labor. Because this man hasn't been around farm animals his whole life to have observed birth like those people had. This was not a big deal to them. Our poor little girls grow up so sheltered that the only thing they really know is a cell phone. And to give birth is just beyond a cell phone unless, unless they Googled it. How to give birth with only a cell phone. You know, because there is information. But it's a different world that we live in. She was tough. And she used a manger for a crib. She wasn't afraid of a manger, a feeding trough for animals to put. It was Jesus she was putting in a manger. It didn't bother her, and it didn't bother Jesus. He never had memories of it. Until Luke wrote it. Luke. And so it was that while they were there in Bethlehem, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son. Did she have any more? Yes, he was truly the firstborn. And wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And that's how the Lord chose to come into this world. And we praise his holy name for coming into the world that way. There's a picture of Mary with her baby. It's just, a, it's just an idea, girls. It's just, it's just a generalization. And there's a picture of Joseph and Mary in a stable of some sort, a barn of some sort, and she's going to use a manger. One thing, one thing that girls should learn from Proverbs 31 is that godly mothers... See, this isn't the pastor. Proverbs 31 is not the pastor. Proverbs 31 is not Solomon. Proverbs 31 is not David. Proverbs 31 is not Samson, who expects some wife to keep up with him. Proverbs 31 was written by a woman and a mother, a mother of a son that wanted her son to have a great wife. It's written by a woman. This is what a woman thinks. This is what a woman values in in girls. One thing that should come out is that godly mothers honor diligence, strength, and toughness. And they should learn that. And these all go together. Diligence, strength, and toughness. We've already looked at the verses of her strengthening her loins, girding up her loins with strength, strengthening her arms, and being tough like Mary was, being tough like the woman in the Proverbs 31 was. Her husband went off to work, and she did all that was expected of her. And the number one trait is right there that comes out of Proverbs 31. How many cylinders do you have? Cylinders are the components of an engine that drive an automobile. How many cylinders do you have, girls? How much energy do you have? How much drive do you have? The woman in Proverbs 31 has enormous drive, horsepower, and cylinders. Great girls, great girls like Mary, do not read the Bible all day. That's a nun. 
They are not nuns. They text very little because that's a waste of time. So they text little. They work, and then they work some more. They work. When you read Proverbs 31, 10 through 31, it's not my opinion. It's the Lord's opinion. And he inspired it through a queen mother of Lemuel, a king. And when you read it, it's all about diligence. And it's about more diligence. The woman of Proverbs 31 and girls like Mary, they look for work. They don't want to be not working. Not working is a waste of time. They attack the job that they find. They rush to finish it. They stay until it's done. They love a challenge. They do not pace themselves. And they know that time off is a waste. That's how they think. A real Trojan woman needs to be forced to take a vacation. Needs to be forced to stop because they want to keep working. It's what was bred into them by good mothers. And it's what the mother that wrote Proverbs 31 by inspiration wanted for her son. She considereth a field. Now, wait a minute. That means she must be away from her property. So she's driving to the store. She's driving to the store and she considers a field. She could be texting while she's driving. She could be looking at the flowers and the butterflies while she's driving. But she considers a field, she buys it, and with the fruit of her hands, she takes her own money and puts into it. She plants a vineyard. All of that is difficult work. That is commercial real estate development. She is going to make an income-producing asset because she is diligent. Virtuous girls have motors with lots of cylinders and a very high red line and a turbocharger when it is needed. If you're confused, ask your father or brother. Can you imagine this girl, Mary, complaining from what, from what we read about her? and what we Listen, remember, it's not just what is in Luke 1 and what is in Luke 2 and what is in Matthew 1 and 2. It's also what is in Proverbs 31, what's in the book of Proverbs, what's in the Song of Solomon, because God wouldn't have chosen and blessed a woman like Mary unless she met that criteria as well. Can you imagine her complaining? Never. Girls, what about you? Can you imagine this girl tired? Yeah, when the job's done. What about you? You get tired before it starts? I walk in the laundry room and see three loads in a big pile. Looks like the Great Pyramid of Egypt on the floor. And I get tired as soon as I look at it. That's, that's an attitude. That's a wrong attitude. Get in there and throw... Listen, if you throw the first batch and you've only got two on the floor and it's a smaller pyramid. Just get to the job. What about you, girls? Are you going to be like Mary? Mary trait number 29, she was creative. She had swaddling clothes with her or got them, and she saw a manger as a fine baby bed. And this time we're looking at how creative was she? She wrapped Jesus in swaddling clothes, which doesn't take much, just a little blanket, and laid him in a manger. But it's a special way to wrap a blanket. It's a neat way to wrap a blanket around a baby so they can't get out and feel nice and tight like they have felt inside their mother. And she laid him in a manger. There she is. She took that little baby and just dropped him right there. And that's where he was. And so when the shepherds appeared that night in the skies over Judea, they didn't say that Mary was sitting in a rocking chair crooning over Jesus. He was lying in a manger. 
And I know this is a small point, but it's a point. I want to see everything the Bible has to say. Right. I've seen doting mothers that dote too much and forget that they're married and forget that God made them to be a wife. And oh, by the way, P.S., you're going to be a mother for a little while too because your real job is being a husband, I mean, being a wife to a husband. Great women make do with what is available. And Mary did. It's all she had. And she never complained. We don't read any complaints to Joseph. I wish you had a better job. Now we're paying for it. And look who's paying for the fact that you played football in school. Instead of getting an engineering degree, I'm the one paying for it. Because we're having to deliver this baby, and I'm the one that has to do it in this stable. She never talked like that. There's no evidence of that whatsoever. No Christian girl would ever talk that way. And they do not fuss or complain that they need more. This is a great woman. I love to call it a cheap date. If I'll show up, nothing needs to be bought or no money needs to be spent. If I'll just leave my computer and show up. It's, it's creative. And she was creative. And she didn't care that it was a, it was a manger. When they have options... They do not settle for what is easy or ordinary. The virtuous woman, if she has options, she's going to go and do something better. Because the Bible says she's like merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. We're learning about what a virtuous woman is. Mary was a virtuous woman. She loved the Lord her God and feared him with an independent love and fear. We've already covered that point. She walked with him. She delighted in him. He delighted in her. He loved her. But we're looking at some of the traits that make up her practical life. A virtuous woman, if she has options, will get things better than what is convenient because she doesn't mind the work. She doesn't going, she doesn't mind going a long ways away. She's like a merchant ship that travels the world looking for creative new stuff. Okay, so she was creative. Remember, she was creative. This didn't bother her a bit. Hey, it's a manger, it's soft. Joseph, it might be softer than our own bed. You see, that's, that's neglecting Jesus. The Bible doesn't say that's neglecting Jesus. You say, well, why isn't she there with a mobile over his head? Because mobiles aren't all that they're cracked up to be. I didn't have a mobile, except Paul. <laughs> As we both got mobile. What's a mobile? Anyway, there's nothing wrong with a mobile. Mary trait number 30, she was a wife, which brings us to she was a wife. She did not have to hold her baby all the time. She put the infant Jesus in his manger bed. And it's just, it's just interesting as you read it, you will find, you know, shepherds, if you want to go to Bethlehem, you can find Joseph there with Mary, his wife, and she's sitting in a rocking chair holding the baby Jesus. He was in a manger, and the two of them were together. And so that's what the Bible tells us. You'll find a babe lying in a manger, and that's the night he was born, like that. Great women know that they were created to be wives first and mothers second. And do not let girls, do not get confused about that. The mother part of your life is a part of it. Because you were created to be a companion for Adam. And I am a 62-year-old man, and I've watched it many times to see the starved men with the wives who dote too much on their children and, dote, and do not dote enough on their husbands like they should. Oh, um, 
Are there children mentioned in the Song of Solomon? Let's see, chapter 1. No. There's no children in Song of Solomon. Because that's what the woman was made to be, is a lover of her husband. Though the infant was Emmanuel, and we all would have been tempted to have wanted to, to, have wanted to treat him very differently or extra special, but they treated him like they treated their children, and Jesus grew up just fine, didn't he? He was still alive at 10. He made it to 30. She could put him down to be with Joseph. And this, the night he was born. The record shows that she let Jesus at 12 walk separately from her while she walked with Joseph. Is that in the Bible? He was 12 years old. They were in some crowd. How far was the walk? It was 65 miles back from Jerusalem. Uh, you say, Pastor, you've said 75. 75 to Bethlehem, 65 to Jerusalem. The 65 miles from Jerusalem back to Nazareth, Mary let Jesus walk wherever he wanted to. They didn't know he was missing for a whole day. That's what it says. You say, you read stuff into everything in the Bible like that? Listen, go back to last Sunday. I get excited about a capital T when it says the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace, and I get a capital T, I get excited. Because I'm, I'm excitable by small things. And I hope I appreciate the big ones too. But the record shows that she let Jesus at 12 walk separately from her while she walked with Joseph. The two of them were together, but she didn't have to have Jesus there holding his hand. Oh, Jesus, I'm so scared. If you, if, you, if you run off and you use your slingshots to hit some sparrows or something on a telephone line, you could, you could get hit by a stone from somebody else's sling. Nothing like that that we can read about in the Bible. The record shows she followed Joseph in some strange and difficult choices he made by dreams that he had in the beginning. You know, Joseph from now on is going to get to dreams and Mary isn't going to get them. So she could easily question him, but she was a wife, so she submitted to her husband, even though God wasn't giving her the revelation he had been. There she is again. Oh, that is great experience out there to see animals birthed, to see conception occur, to see animals die, to see the the effort that it takes to feed them. A lot of things can be learned by animals, and girls miss that today by not being grown up on farms, and guys miss it as well. But we have a better society. I mean, there's diff- we can learn different ways, but we can't ignore some of the things that should be taught at home, and I hope that this helps. She was a thinker. She didn't talk or text all the time. She loved to meditate, and some of you love these verses. Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Some of you love that word. She just kept playing with them over and over. You know, Gabriel said this. Elizabeth said, Jesus said this. Simeon said this. Incredible. Just tumbling, pondering in her heart. She was a thinker. We want you to be thinkers, girls. When, When we ask you, when a father asks you, when a grandfather asks you, what are you thinking about? Nothing. Oh. It hurts. Please. You you say, well, at that moment, I might not be. I might be so scared because I was asked what I was thinking. Well, then think back to in bed last night when you were thinking about the Lord. Share something meaningful. She was a thinker. Notice, his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. Simeon, Anna, everything she heard, she thought about. 
The speech can't get better unless the heart's better. The mind can't get better unless you're thinking about things. And you can be thinking about the Lord and thinking about the Word of God and glorying in it and embracing it as we had shown to us by a young lady that wrote an email to start these slides. Great girls have active hearts that are passionate and they have active minds with thoughts and meditation about God, His Son, and His salvation because Mary did. Mary pondered. Mary kept all these sayings in her heart and she toyed with them. And when you read the gospel accounts and you see Mary at the crucifixion the way she was, the way she was in Acts one fourteen, Mary most likely passed the apostles significantly in her life in understanding the role of Jesus Christ because the apostles didn't get it even to the very end. Here's what David said, and this is what Mary did. David said, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all thy works. I muse on the work of thy hands. That is what David said and wrote, and David did it, and Mary did it as well. Do you grasp how much Mary is like her father David when it comes to the traits that made David special? 32, she obeyed God. She called the baby Jesus because she'd been told to. She loved the name, of, and the angel told her that it was to be his name. This is Luke one thirty one. You know, we're familiar with Matthew one twenty one, where the angel told Joseph to call his name Jesus. This is the angel telling Mary to call his name Jesus. Thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son. Call his name Jesus. And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived. Think. Think with me. Did she say to Joseph, Jesus, are you kidding? That name is for Ephraim. You say, why'd you put that there? What is Jesus in Hebrew? What is Jesus in the Old Testament? Joshua. What tribe was Joshua from? Ephraim. Joshua was from Ephraim. Are you kidding? I wanted a name for him with three syllables. Please, Joseph. No way. The popular name this year in the baby name books is Agrippa. I'm asking you to think. You know why I'm doing this? Is this common for girls and wives to want to butt-butt and ask, but what about this and what about that? Well, I had this idea going. I'll bet that Mary had an idea of giving birth in a bedroom. Not 75 miles from home. Remember, the fear and love of God is to delight in all his commandments, whether it's the name, the name Jesus, to delight in all his commandments. Think back to this verse, because this verse was about fearing the Lord and loving the Lord, but notice in the middle, to walk in all his ways. And Mary did that. She obeyed the Bible. Watch this. She circumcised him, and she purified herself to keep the word of God. And when eight days were accomplished, for the circumcising of the child, he was called Jesus and he was circumcised. When the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. He was circumcised the eighth day in Bethlehem. Think, did she say to her man, are you kidding? 
You ain't going to cut my son. I know this is, think. Your religion is too picky. You are a legalist. Now, someone who thinks I'm going a little too far in those possibilities, is there a woman in the Bible that did that? Is there a woman in the Bible that did exactly that? She was Mrs. Moses. Can you think? Yes. She threw a hissy fit for circumcising her son. Mary was purified the 40th day in Jerusalem. If it was a girl baby, you were purified the 80th day. If it was a boy baby, you were purified the 40th day in Jerusalem. She obeyed. Eighth day in Bethlehem, circumcise the boy. 40th day in Jerusalem, bring an offering and be purified from the childbirth. Number 34, Mary was happy poor. Are all you girls happy poor? Do you wish you were richer? She was happy poor. God was her savior. Joseph was her husband. Jesus, her son, she felt very rich. This is what tells us that Mary was poor and that Joseph was poor. Because those with money, it was a lamb for the purification after a birth. Joseph could not afford a lamb. So it was two turtle doves or pigeons. A great girl, a great woman, never complains about money to her father or her husband. Mary, Mary didn't complain. They were poor. She had to give birth in a stable. They had to offer two turtle doves. For the Son of God? Come on, Joseph. Couldn't you dip into your savings a little bit and get a lamb at least? This is for the Lord. Now I'm saying it to him. Do you know why he couldn't? Because he couldn't. Do you think Joseph would have if he could have? You better believe that about him. Every time the angel told him to do something, he went and did it right then. A great girl or woman knows that real riches, real riches are not money, they're not a house, and they're not things. Real riches are right here. There is that maketh himself rich, that's the world, yet hath nothing. They're going to take nothing with them, and they're going to go to hell. There is that maketh himself poor, that's us, but we have great riches. Better is little with the fear of the Lord than a great treasure and trouble therewith. Do you know what? Having a peaceful relationship with people around you and with the Lord himself is better than having great treasure. Not just a treasure, but great treasure. Better is a dinner of herbs, a salad. You're reduced to a salad where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. It's relationships and love and walking with God and being righteous. Notice, better is the poor that is upright than a rich man, but he's perverse. There's a different way to measure riches. Mary knew how to measure them. Right. My spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. She was the richest woman on earth. The, unspeak, the unsearchable riches of Christ. Amen. Paul described knowing Jesus Christ. You know, Paul, Peter wrote to those persecuted saints in Asia Minor, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Right. What a life they had, though they were suffering persecution outwardly. Number 35, she marveled at truth. Simon said, precious things of Jesus. She believed them and rejoiced about them, and he did. Notice what Simon said. And I know that there's a young lady in our church that wrote me a long email last night that uh, kept getting larger and larger in font size as she went through the words of 
Simeon about Jesus. Lord, he had asked the Lord, let me live long enough to see your Christ. So he's an old man. And the Lord tells him, why don't you go into the temple about right, right now. And uh, there was Joseph and Mary with the baby Jesus. Lord, he's, he holds that little baby in his hand. I, I love the moment when God told Haggai and Zerubbabel that this latter house will have more glory than the former house because the desire of all nations would visit it. The first visit was Simeon holding that little baby. It just tor- it torches my soul in a very good way to think about that. And he, now after he has held the baby, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace. I can die. I can die well. I can die right now. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. He saw the Lord Jesus Christ, which thou hast prepared before the face of all the people, all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles. Remember from what we're learning in Isaiah, a light, verse 2 of Isaiah chapter 9, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother, don't think that Joseph was some spiritual slouch and that he needed to have Mary lead family devotions. They both marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And from this point on, God did not speak to Mary. God spoke to Joseph. But Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Mary, we're talking about Mary, she marveled. She embraced, look at this language. It's not, you know, not the most exciting things were said about what was going to happen to Jesus and happen to her. But she saw salvation. She saw a light for Gentiles, and she rejoiced in it. She appreciated the things said by him, by Gabriel, and by Elizabeth. Great girls marvel about things in the Bible with more joy than natural things. But they don't sit around reading the Bible all day. If you've read the Bible for 30 minutes in the morning, you cannot say you've had a good day. You can have a good day when you've worked for 12 hours and you read the Bible for 30 minutes in the morning. Then you've had a good day because the Bible does not limit your life to reading the Bible. That's what nuns do. I have seen the trouble develop over my lifetime of girls that think they have done something very noble by reading the Bible. No, they're supposed to get out and fulfill Proverbs chapter 31, and that means work hard. What about you? Our church has always had great women that love sound doctrine, and I thank God for that. It marked Mary, and it should mark the girls, young ladies, and women of our church. Number 36, she submitted to truth. Simon told her that a sword would slice her soul by what would happen to Jesus. Simon, Simeon blessed them and said to, unto Mary his mother, Behold, this is to Mary, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel. Many are going to be saved and lifted up and glorified by his life, and many are going to be damned and reprobated like a, like a saver of death unto death and life unto life. It's going to be a sign which shall be spoken against. Most of the nation is going to speak against your son. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also. The things they say about him and the things they're going to do to him in his crucifixion torture, it's going to slice you, Mary. That the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. 
Remember what the Bible says? There was a division among the people because of him. There was a division among the people because of him. And Simeon told her what was coming. Did she have a meltdown? She did not bewail the terrible prophecy, and it was about Jesus and her, to know starting out with him as a baby was going to be that bad. Though many spoke against Jesus and then killed him, she endured it. She didn't have a meltdown at the cross. She was close enough for her to hear him and John next to her to hear Jesus on the cross. She didn't have a meltdown. Jesus was a man of sorrows, as we sing, but Mary had sorrow as well. And that's why that behold there, and Simeon was speaking to Mary, not to Joseph and Mary, but to Mary. From all that we can tell, Joseph did not live long enough to be there in the latter, even for his ministry. She didn't resist Jesus at 12 when he told her he had business from another father. That could have been a somewhat offensive, but no. She wanted him to take care of his father in heaven. She heard Jesus talk about dying and watched him die, but she submitted to it. She submitted to truth. Jesus promised a sword in our families. Okay. You say, where were you going with that point? Here's where I was going. Mm -hmm. Do you want to be there with me? Mm -hmm. Simeon said to Mary, a sword's going to slice your soul. That son Jesus grew up and in his ministry said, a sword's going to come into families and a man's foes will be those of his own household. Great women do not whine or worry about it, just like Mary gave us the great example of not whining or worrying about it. It's a prophecy. She had one, we have one. The Christian life is one of sacrifice, tribulation, strangeness. Mary embraced it. Right. Let it be done unto me according to thy word. Let's get going. Amen. She was submissive. She willingly took her infant son and fled Bethlehem at night for a foreign country when her husband woke her up in the middle of the night and said, I've just had a dream and we need to leave immediately. Get Jesus and we're going. Where? She doesn't say she asked where. Did Sarah ask where? Abraham wouldn't have been able to answer her because when Abraham told Sarah to pack, we're moving, he didn't know where he was going. The Lord had just said, we're moving. And we ought to be that willing to submit to the word of God. And Mary was. So up they packed and took off to go to Egypt. Egypt, for an Israelite, was not the most wonderful place to go. But there was where they went. And so the Bible tells us that. Think, how many but, but, buts do you think Joseph had to endure? Zero. Think, Mary had confirming witness for all the strange things that had gone on before, but there was no confirming witness for this except Joseph elbowing her and saying, pack, we're leaving. Think. Women have strong nesting instincts, and they don't like being moved around when they have an infant baby. But that didn't trouble Mary, just like Sarah and Abraham. Did Mary equal Sarah by obeying her husband to up and move to a foreign country? Yes, she did. Girls, you can practice while at home by cheerfully obeying parents. Sometimes your parents are going to ask you to do something that does not sound reasonable to you, that does not sound very pleasant to you. You're not sure why. You think they're angry asking you to do it. Well, if you want to be like Mary, you'll embrace it 
Because until they ask you to do something that you don't really want to do, you haven't been challenged to be like Mary. She trusted Joseph. Dreams to go to, jo to Egypt, to return to Israel, to go to Galilee instead of Judea, were to him and not to her. And so she followed him. Think. Did she say to her man, but the Lord didn't tell me to do this. He may have told you, but he didn't tell me. A lot of women talk like that. I'm not saying a lot of women in our church talk like that, but most women like to talk like that to their husbands. How do I know the Lord spoke to you? What if something happens to Jesus? All the little worrying that they do and all the things that they want to ask about and worry about and fuss about. She didn't say, what a woman at 15 years old. Trust of a father and husband is a great gift and honor you can give them. Mistrust is a cruel way to undermine his leadership. Trust him. Girls and parents, the time to worry about how a man makes decisions is before marriage, not after. Ask your questions before you marry him. After you marry him, don't ask questions. She accepted simplicity. Jesus deserved Jerusalem. He was the son of a king. He was king. And he was the son of God, and he was the son of David, a king. But Nazareth was good enough. And so they went back to Nazareth. She didn't pressure Joseph to make more money or move to an expensive subdivision and schools in Jerusalem. She was content in backwoods Nazareth. She was content with less to be more kingdom-minded to walk with God. Amen. This is what the Bible says, I would have you to be without carefulness. And so a good woman is content with simplicity of life and not having that many things, that much luxury. Because the Bible warns us about living in this world that we want to live without carefulness. And all the verses around this verse are excellent. She attended church. She didn't miss. She went 65 miles every year to the Passover in Jerusalem. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. Great girls and women make the ordinances of God a high priority. She had the same attitude, same action about church as David, her father. Right here. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And so Mary did that. There's that little verse. Right back here. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year. When you read that, do you think about it? Joseph and Mary were committed to make the trip to Jerusalem. Not everyone went, but they went. Mm -hmm. The Bible says only Joseph really needed to go. Mary could stay back. It says parents went. Mary went. Trait number 41. She did not worry. Though the Son of God in her charge, she gave Jesus enough freedom to get lost. Any of you remember the first time you were shopping in a huge store and you got lost? Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. Yes, but I wasn't 12. Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. He never even started the trip with them. Joseph and his mother knew it not. They went a day's journey, eight, ten hours. Hey, where's Jesus? I don't know. I thought he was, I thought he was with the cousins. Let's check. No, he's not with the cousins. Where is he? What happened? I just love reading this about Mary. I love Mary for this, that she wasn't one of these women that ruined sons' lives. 
Mary was realistic about life, and she trusted God. Worrywart mothers imagine all kinds of evil and destroy children's lives by overprotecting and sheltering them. Anyway, number 42, she was human. She found him in the temple. He was doing well there, but she twice showed fallibility by criticizing him and then not understanding his answer. That's pitiful. But do you know what it says next? It says that she reflected. His mother kept all these sayings in her heart. That's from that event. She thought, father's business. There's no carpentry going on here in the temple. Father's business. I should understand it. Don't you know that I should be about my father's business? And so she kept all these sayings in her heart. It's just one to read this of her coming to a knowledge of what and who her son really was as it developed over time. Because this is at 12, she's 27 years old now, and she's thinking, wow, he was confounding those doctors of the law. Why did I interrupt him? Kept, you know what we need to do after we hear a sermon, after we read the Bible? Keep all these things in our heart. Right. And ponder them. Marvel about them. Number 44, she knew her role. When a family wedding needed wine, she asked him to help but submitted to his lead and his warning that she not step across a line. Notice, when they wanted wine, they, they were lacking wine, they needed more wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, they have no wine. I've taught this in great detail when we went through John chapter 2. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. If you want to know what that is referring to, his public ministry of public performance of miracles, his mother said to the servants, she wasn't offended by it, and there wasn't a real disagreement here. It was just a woe to her from him that all Catholics ought to read that her role did not extend beyond his mother and ordinary honor to a mother. His mother said, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Notice, I have not overlooked any verses That is how it flows. Jesus corrected any errors by the Roman Catholic Church. The lesson here is that Mary did not take offense or press for more than he allowed her. Now she's 45 years old, and Jesus is 30, and he is about his father's business, and that's his father in heaven. And she was not to tell him when or what to do, but that she recognized the family had a shortage of wine, he honored 45, she exalted the spiritual. She was not offended when Jesus honored obedience over his birth and nursing. Remember this? A certain woman, because only a woman could think like this. Blessed is the womb that bare thee and the paps which thou hast sucked. But Jesus answered, yea, rather. There's something far better than that. Blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. And she was not offended by that. Only a woman would be so misguided as to get too excited about such things. And that's why I've said some of the things that I have about plunking him in the manger. Look what Jesus said. Yea, rather, everyone here that hears the word of God, everyone that listens to this sermon and will obey it is better than the woman that gave birth to me and who nursed me. Some women glory in pregnancy, childbirth, babies, or nursing too much. Great women 
know animals do the same, and they know that spiritual training is far nobler. Then there was this. Then one said unto him, that is to Jesus, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without, desiring to speak with thee. He answered and said unto him that told him that, Who is my mother? Who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples and said, Behold my mother. Look at this. Who is my mother? For whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. Jesus, Mary was not offended by this. Jesus reminded her that the spiritual is more important than the natural. So I say to you girls, the distinction that Jesus drew, you should be willing to accept. Great girls know why natural growth or progress or successes or victories or awards are not honored like spiritual. Because spiritual is more important. Spiritual is more important for Mary, for Jesus, and it should be for all of us, and it should be for our girls. Great girls know that we are going to praise and commend you for your natural growth, progress, and successes, but your spiritual growth, your spiritual successes, we will honor far more. And Mary understood that. She kept faith. She watched his crucifixion and did not have a meltdown though it was very difficult. Women that were not his mother were all messed up over it. He had to talk to him on the way up the hill to Calvary. She wasn't. Weak women can be overcome at the funeral of a believing relative, and I say that with experience, and not my wife. Weak women can be overcome at the funeral of a believing relative. Why? The Bible tells us we should not sorrow as others which have no hope, and there was never more hope than there was for Jesus to rise from the dead. A great girl or woman will rule their emotions. They'll keep faith in God, no matter what the circumstances are. She always obeyed. When Jesus assigned her to John, the son of Zebedee, she submitted to him and went with John. If she had not fully obeyed, John couldn't have taken her to his home. But they ended up together, because Jesus assigned it from the cross. You cannot even imagine her saying at the age of 48, but I wanted an apartment in Jerusalem. Women talk that way, not Mary. Why didn't you ask for my input? Women talk that way, but not Mary. Let me stay with Peter instead. Women talk that way, but not Mary. We should never talk that way, girls, young ladies, and women. She stayed faithful and wore to the last reference in the Bible about Mary. It's right here. These, these apostles continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women. And notice, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. It was, it was not until the resurrection of Jesus Christ that his brothers were converted. John chapter 7 tells us that they did not believe on him, but after the resurrection, they did. Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. The number was 120 There were 120 disciples in the early church, and he took over the meeting, and he led it. And and, and Mary submitted to it. Great girls and women do not fret or worry about their family getting enough recognition or honor. She wasn't honored. John wasn't honored because she was staying with John. I wish every Catholic would read all these verses. And so we come to the end. Now notice... 
Oh, it's a modern Mary. It's a modern Mary. Every one of you girls can choose to love God and fear God, obey your parents, love his word, rejoice in him, walk with him, have an intimate personal relationship with him. You can, you can work, you can go to school, you can have a home, you can be the best. It's a choice to live intentionally and to be exceptional. Mary was exceptional. There, there's a Mary that's doing something in the medical field. There's a hope-to-be Mary who loves Jesus, who obeys her parents, who loves the Bible, who loves to sing, who loves to talk about the Lord, who loves to pray, who loves to tell Jesus every night in her bed that she loves him and asks him to help her be the best girl for him. There's a pure, wholesome Mary working in a bakery. Doesn't matter what you do. Anyone can be a Mary that chooses to be girls. If you choose to be a Mary, there's an older Mary. She's an NP. There's a Mary. She's a programmer. There's a Mary. She's a babysitter. There's a Mary. She's a businesswoman. There's a Mary. She's serving coffee. This study was to show our girls and young ladies how much we appreciate them and desire their greatness. Job had some great daughters and he gave them an inheritance among their brethren. The last verses of Job. Girls, God told you about Mary so that you can be like her if you choose to be. Mary requires you to be exceptional. You can't be average. And it's a daily choice to be exceptional. Guys, God told you about Mary so you can look for girls like her to honor them, even if you don't marry them. Every girl in our church that acts even anything like Mary ought to be encouraged. Parents, God told you about Mary so you can train her traits in your daughters. Everyone ought to embrace Mary's traits and make them intentional goals and measures of life. Like this. You know, it's been a while now since this table was given to you that shows the spiritual goals here on the left and working all their way themselves over to the practical goals. But what our society wants us to be default to, and that is scholastic and sports, is not on the page because they'll never help you be a Mary. A Mary is developed right here in these spiritual goals and then in character goals and then in role and function goals that God gave Mary and so forth. Why no Bible mention of our culture's obsession with school and sports in the Bible about Mary, none of it about her. What we find about her is that she was in favor with God and she knew how to praise and she rejoiced in spirit about spiritual truth. And so we end. We want our daughters to be polished cornerstones like are put in a palace. And may the Lord bless us by his grace that he captures their hearts and we direct their lives and encourage them so that they can be Mary's. Amen. Amen.